Gavel to Gavel, the Oscar Pistorius trial on Oscar Extra. To grant, I've briefly set out reasons for the order so that everyone should understand why I'm granting the order. On Friday, 7 March 2040, there was a request for a variation of my court order granted last week in respect of witnesses who had objected to being filmed and having their photographs or images published in the media. The objections had been brought in terms of paragraph 5.11 of Judge President Mlambo's order handed down on 25 February 2014. Immediately after I granted the order, it became clear that there was some concern from the print media that my order had gone further than the order of Judge Mlambo in restricting the media. In bracket C, paragraph 5.10, in this regard, close bracket. Hence, the meeting in my, in my chambers with counsel of all parties involved. Counsel for the print media submitted that the order of this court prohibiting the taking of still photographs of objecting witnesses not only while the witnesses are giving evidence but for the duration of the trial is unheard of. He based this submission on the fact that normally photographs of witnesses are taken and published without any restrictions once the witnesses have been excused by the court. That may be so. However, we are here not dealing with a normal situation. We are dealing with a case that has attracted huge public and media interest. In my view, it is precisely because of this very reason that a cautious approach has to be adopted. Of course, the main question always is, what is in the public interest? The objecting witnesses have inter alia pointed out that their televised evidence may well cause them to be recognized by multitudes of people as, I quote, having given evidence in the Pistorius trial, close quote, and then having to deal with the public perceptions of that whilst attempting to lead normal lives. In my view, this applies to still photographs as well. There is no reason why the print media should be treated differently as being recognized on film or from a still photograph have the same effect. Before the trial began, the possibility of the objecting witnesses having to deal with the public perceptions as set out above may have seemed remote. However, since the trial began, it was brought to my attention that two of the witnesses had their integrity attacked in the social media after they had given evidence and after they had been photographed while leaving this court. These are witnesses who inter alia specifically stated in their written objections that they hold dear the inviolability of their private family lives. In the same way that this court has a duty to protect press freedom and freedom of expression, it also has a duty to respect the dignity and privacy of witnesses who have taken the trouble to come and give their evidence. This court also has a duty to protect those witnesses where it is possible to do so. If the protection offered by prohibiting filming or publishing of photographs while the witness 
is giving evidence is not adequate, then that protection must be reviewed and extended to cover a situation which was obviously not envisaged before this trial began. Junior counsel for the state stated that the duty of the state towards its witnesses does not end the minute the witnesses step out of the witness box. That duty co continues until the trial is over. She distinguished between what she referred to as private witnesses and public figures. <coughs> Excuse me. She suggested that the prohibition to filming and publishing of photographs of objecting private witnesses should be in place until the end of the trial. I agree with that suggestion as I am of the view that private witnesses are more vulnerable than public figures. I'm also of the view that it would be in the interest of justice to make this distinction clear in the order. Before I grant the order, I wish to thank all counsel in this matter, including counsel representing the media for their cooperation and assistance. The order that I shall grant will clarify the order that I gave last week and also very, very slightly. In the result, this court's order of 4 March 2014 is varied to the following extent. One, in respect of an objecting witness who is a public figure, 1.1, the print media is prohibited from publishing any photographs of such a witness irrespective of the source of the photograph for the duration of that witness's evidence. 1.2, once an objecting witness who is a public figure has finished giving evidence and has been excused by this court, the ordinary rules applicable to the publication of photographs of witnesses in criminal trials apply. Namely, that photographs of witnesses that have been lawfully obtained may be published in the print media. 1.3, the order in 1.2 above does not permit the publication of photographs of objecting witnesses which are taken while they are giving evidence. Paragraph two, in respect of an objecting witness who is not a public figure, in brackets, a private witness, close brackets, 2.1, the print media is prohibited from publishing any photograph of such a witness, irrespective of the source of the photograph for the duration of the trial. Paragraph three, this order incorporates an undertaking by undertaken by the print media which reads thus 3.1 that the two pool cameras will remain stationary in court at all times including during breaks when the court is not in session 3.2 the pool cameras will at all times during court sessions and outside of court sessions respect the personal space of any person in court 3.3 the print media will delegate a candidate attorney from Vellum de Klerk attorneys to be present in court every day to ensure that the pool cameras stick to the rules and to act as a point of contact person for complaints from either the state or the defense teams. As a court please. <coughs> court please, my lady. Thank you. The witness is still under oath. <laughs> Yes, my lady. Thank you very much. Yes, Mr. Lee. Thank you, my lady. Mr. 
Baba, good morning. Is it morning? On morning, say. On Friday, I dealt with the telephone calls made to security from Mr. Pastorius and from residents. Ja, hy sê vrijdag het ons oor die oproepe gepraat wat van meneer Pistorius afgemaak het, sy is gemaakt was so wel as die inwoners Dit is recht my lady Dit is correct my lady And in respect of the landline <coughs> I want to show you a document that we received from the police Hy sê het in opzichte van die landline Ik wil hier al roei aan document wat hulle van die politie af ontvangen. Wees. Sorry, my lady, I just need to get the correct document. Lady, I will make a copy available to the court and the learned assessors as well. I think the last exhibit was P, my lady. P1 and P2. Yes, that's right. This document consists of four pages. Maybe it would be appropriate to mark it with your leave as Q124. This is one for you, and I'll make available to the court. <coughs> if you go to the first page, Q1, right at the bottom, I'm not going to read in numbers, Mr. Baba. What I can tell you, it's a document that you received from the state, and that it's calls received by the security at this estate on its landline. Hy sê, as jy na die eerste blasie kyk nie, hieronder, en hy sal geen verwysings maak nie, dit is dat dokument wat hy van die staat af ontvang het, en dit is ten opzichte van die oproepe, wat die resekretees beamtes ontvang was. It will show incoming calls to the security landline. Ja, dit is die oproepe wat ingekom het, na sekuriteit, van a landline number. The first one that's of importance is at the bottom of page one. Wat van belang is, is hierna hieronder op die eerste blasie. We have Dr. Stipp's number, you can accept. It is his number. Ons het Dr. Stipp's number. And he made a call to you at the security, the landline 31551. Ja, ek en my sineta oproep na securities om 03-15-51 gemaakt. Now that was if you to help you, Mr. Baba, if you see the next page, you see two calls at 316-13 and 316-36, that's on Q2, the two top entries. That is... Om u te help, ken u na die tweede plaas, ek ek nie, die twee oproepe, die van al 03-16-36, u sien dit moest nie. Those are the two calls. Just to help you, those are the two calls from Mr. Nslengetwa. Van meneer Nslengetwa. So what you see is, and I think in accordance with your evidence, the first call you received was from Dr. Stipp. Volgens die getenis, het u gesê die eerste oproep wat u ontvang het, was van Dr. Stipp af. Where he told you that he had heard gunshots. To u in kennis stel dat u skoete that is correct my lady and we know now the time of that call it's 3.15 and 51 that is correct my lady and we know 
that that call, the duration of that call was 16 seconds. And as we that the duration of the oproep 16 seconds was. That is correct, my lady. That is the call where he told you that he had heard shots. Is that correct? Yeah, that's the oproep to you that he that he heard the shots. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Now, in the evidence of Dr. Stipp, he denied that he got through to you in that first call and said that it was much later. <coughs> we know long after three, or sometime after 3.17. Yeah, Dr. Stipp had said that um, the first time he could not later. But we see that the call before Mr. Ndletwa, that it was in fact 16 seconds. Are you positive that he did speak to you? Maar ons sien mis volgens meneer Tengeta, sy oproep was 16 sekondes. Is die seker dat die wel met die, het die hele gebel? Dr. Stips kom. Dr. Stip. My lady, ek het met Dr. Stip gepraat. My lady, I spoke to Dr. Stip. En ek het met meneer Tengeta gepraat. En I also spoke to Mr. Tengeta. Then we know, if we go to the security cell phone number, Dit weet ons, en as ons na die sekretese selnummer toe gaan. That I will make available to you that we received this morning. We had the document. Dit sal hier aan die oorhandig. Hulle het geopend ontvang. We received this morning from the state of call data. Hulle het die oproep data van die stad ontvang. To and from the cell phone number of your security. I'm going to hand the document to you, my lady. Would you accept this as exhibit R1? Just R. Exhibit R. If you go to the... We will have it received. I apologize, my lady. My apologies, my lady. I thought that it was saying it We go to item 14 from the top. Gaan naar item 14. Van hoe af? Tel tot 14. And just keep your finger there. And now we finger up. I don't believe it's in dispute from the state side because we also have the call data from Mr. Pastorius' phone to show the outgoing call. That is the call made by Mr. Pastorius to security. The state don't get it, okay? Alles dem an da da vela oproep gemaakt was van hier op die toeras heisaf en dat dat is die tijd waar hij gestipuleerd is. Zie je dat? And that call was made on 14 February. 2013 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 3.21 
ik het so meneer Pistorius gebel, eerste. My lady aard vond Mr. Pistorius feest. En meneer Pistorius het my terug gebel daarna. Mr. Pistorius then called me back afterwards. Meneer Pistorius net geheel het. And that is true. It is true, my lady, that Ms., uh, Mr. Pistorius had been crying. I, I understand that your evidence, what I'm saying to you, we prove to you now, and we have the outgoing call, that of Mr. Pistorius' phone call. He phoned you at 3.21.33, and you returned the call 3.22.05, about 50 seconds later. Yeah, you tell it on here that Mr. Pistorius had you on 3.21.33 gebeld, to tell him to uh, ten drie, dubbel twee. Volgens, my lady, volgens wat advocaat Roe aandring is dat, dat beteken meneer Pistorius het my eerste gebeld. Van volgens die tijd, wees het, 3.21 het meneer Pistorius my gebeld. En tijd op die oomblik het ek nie gekeek. Maar op die tijd wees het dat meneer Pistorius het ek vir meneer Pistorius eerste gebeld. And my lady, the man I wish must uh, it to me, seems as if like he studies in the point that uh, Mr. Pistorius was a person who called me first. That is not true. I'm the one who first called him. And according to this data, it shows that um, the time stipulated on the data states 3.21. And I'm the one who called him first, my lady. Yes. Mr. Baba, I understand that with your evidence. What I say to you, and we'll make that available to the court as well. We have a double record, a confirming record, and that's the outgoing call by Mr. Pistorius confirming the 321.33. So his call was first, and yours was second. Is there, this what you had on Easter, when there is another document that bewijst that Mr. Pistorius will be able to call him 3.21.33, he had call, and your oproep was the second. That's how you have the document itself. My lady, that is deadly that ons tye is nie die selfde nie. My lady, it's obvious that our times are not the same. I also show so, you a chart done by the state handed to us, which will hand up as exhibit S for only one point, and that is that you will see we know, and that should not be in dispute, I don't want to read out the number, but if you go on the left-hand side of that chart, you will see various numbers. The fourth one, from the top, it says Adrian Pretorius. We know that was the security cell phone number. You see me here on the linker side, the bureau Adrian Pretorius. And then we go to the relevant cell number right at the bottom of Mr. Pistorius. Then we go to the onderste gedeelte and we look at Pistorius' number. See you that? That one is his. Yeah, my lady. Yes, my lady. My lady, before I, I fail to bring this to your attention, I know that certain of the exhibits are available to the public or to the media. I, I ask my lady to consider to exclude this one for the simple reason that it and the previous document that it has various cell phone numbers of witnesses and Mr. Pistorius and we've seen a history in this matter and I believe this is 
and the previous document and all documents <coughs> containing cell numbers should not be made available. Yes, I support that request a lot. Yes. Thank you very much. Exhibit S is not made available to the public. Thank you, my lady. May I also ask the same in regard to Exhibit R? Uh, exhibit R is also not made available to the public. My apologies. The same would apply to Exhibit Q. Q1 Q to Q4, well. also telephone number. Exhibit Q1, Q2, Q3 and Q4 are not made available to the public. Thank you, my lady. Now, Mr. Baba, if you will see, if you take your finger to the fourth entry from the top on the left-hand side, you will see a telephone number there. That ex Just accept that is the security cell phone number. Op die verder links dan is aanvaarder die secretaresse nummers nee. Zie je dat? Recht, my lady. And on the top of the page, you will see the time periods. En die boer, kun je me zitten hier zien nee? Zie je dat? And this was the analysis done by the police in the state. En dat is die analyseren wat die politie zoveelers die staat gedoen was. Dealing with incoming calls and outgoing calls. Een opzicht van oproepen wat ingekomen en oproepen wat uitgemaakt. And if you go to the fourth entry from the top, you will see a call coming in from Mr. Pistorius and then thereafter you returning the call back to that number. You see Mr. Yop, the five column, that's Mr. Pistorius on what he has done to you and after that, is that you have to return to him. You see it, Mr. Nick? That's the one. Yeah. My lady, I forgot that Mr. Roo has already asked the question. My lady, I just request Mr. Roo to repeat the question again. So what I say to you I bring you a second document where to state that the analysis, where it is also shown that the first call to security was made, that the security cell phone number was made by Mr. Pistorius, and then the call was returned back to Mr. Pistorius. You see, Mr. Eastus, was the Oscar Pistorius and I to him my lady, I'm not sure about Mr. Pistorius' numbers. You, you, you can accept, Mr. Baba, that Mr. Nell is sitting there. It is, in fact, his cell phone number that's not in dispute. You, can you just don't want to read it out. The other and the other number is indeed the security cell phone number. You just don't want to read it out. I just don't understand your question. I don't understand your question, Mr. Yes. Well, what I say to you that I've put proof before you that in fact Mr. Pistorius phoned first and you returned that call very shortly. Upon my arrival at Mr. Pistorius' house, I'm the first person who called him, and that's how I learned to know that something was wrong. And I say that call was made before your arrival, before you arrived at his house. He said you approved what was made before you arrived at his house. 
Mijn lady, als meneer Pistorius het mij eerst gebeld, dan het ik geweet daar is iets voor bij meneer Pistorius. If Mr. Pistorius was the one who called me first, then I would have known that something was wrong at his house. And what I put to you, it would make sense, Mr. Barber, that if Mr. Pistorius phoned you and he was crying on the other side, that you would phone him back to find out if, he's, if he was okay. Dat just make sense. Wat dat stel maar als Mr. Pistorius jou gebeld het, en jy kon hoor dat dat hy geheel het, en as jy hom teruggebeld het, dit maak baie goed sin. Well, it's more than that, that you would, would have phoned him back to ask him if he was okay. Ja, jy so hom teruggebeld het, net om uit te vang, of hy okay is. My lady, ek het meneer Pistorius gebeld. My lady, I called Mr. Pistorius. En meneer Pistorius het vir my gesê, everything is fine. And Mr. Pistorius told me that everything is fine. Maar ek het achtergekomen meneer Pistorius heel. That's when, but I realized that Mr. Pistorius is crying. And before I nog kan gepraat het verder, het die phone afgegaan tussen ons. And before I could speak further, that's when the, the line went dead. A paar seconden daarna het meneer Pistorius my gebeld. And a few seconds afterwards, Mr. Pistorius called me. En het nie gepraat het net geheel. He didn't speak, my lady was just crying. And the phone went via Afghan. And the line went off again. Mr. Baba, I'm, I'm, if the sentence is a bit long, please ask me to break it up. I'm going to try. Is the assistant the longest? Frame or not? Let it. It would be twofold. The one is that it would make good sense if Mr. Pistorius was crying on the phone that you would phone him to ask him if he was okay. Dit maak sin, sê nou maar uit geheel oor die volgende, hoe so hom teruggebeel het, net om uit te vind of hy oor uit is. Dis reg as my client edele. That is correct, my lady, he is my client. I want to take you to the state's further particulars which version the state elected to rely upon. My lady, it is in relation to the further particulars at paragraphs 9.1 to 9.3. Hy sê, hy sal terugneem na die staatse weergave, wat die staat, staat maak. Dis recht, my lady. And I'm going to read to you the exact sentence. Hy moet nou luister na die sin wat hy gaan uitlees. The security called him, that's now, I put in brackets, Mr. Pistorius. Die staat beweer dat die sekuriteitsbeamte van meneer Pistorius gebeel het. And when asked by the security guard, after he had shot the deceased, if everything was in order, En toe die sekuriteitsbeamte om gevraagd na hy die oorlerende uh, geskiet het, of alles in orde was. And then the important part. En dan die belangrijkste deel. He indicated that he was fine. Hy het gesê, hy is fine, sal dit in Engels stel. Not that, that is the version chosen by the state. Dit is die staatse weergave wat die staat gekies het. Not that security, everything is fine, it is with reference to Mr. Pistorius. He indicated that he was fine. Nie dat everything is fine. Verwysing naam hier Pistorius, hy het aangedui dat hy alright was. My lady, dit wat ek vir jy nou gesê het, dit is die waarheid. My lady, what I just told the court is the truth. As ek die ochend meneer Pistorius a woord gevat het, everything is fine. If I accepted Mr. Pistorius' word that morning when he said everything is fine and left his premises, what could have happened then, my lady? And how come Mr. Pistorius not personally first for us to And why didn't Mr. Pistorius call us personally initially? 
En meneer Pistorius het ook alarmstelsel als hij verwijzen daar was in Trude. En meneer Pistorius daar is hij van alarmsysteem. If he alleges dat er was een intrude. Now, can you remember, Mr. Baba, that that same day at one o'clock you made a statement to a policeman called Hilton Boota? Want hoe je dat hier op die betrokken dag om vier in ira verklaring bij meneer Hilton Boota afgeleid. My lady, I was met the police in here the middag. My lady, I was with the police around one o'clock in the afternoon. And can you remember that I took a statement from you? And how did that all the verklaring van you get it? That was so busy, the edle, and I was a committee night shift. My lady, it was so busy, and I've just knocked off from night shift. And I had verklaring afgegeven. And I did make statements. Can you look at the statement that I showed to you of the 14th, and then confirm to me whether that was in fact the statement that you made to? Meneer, kijk naar die verklaring. Ik zie of wat dat die verklaring wat hij aan die politie gemaakt had. Maar die made that be made available as exhibit T. May I similarly ask my lady in the top of the page, only in respect of the top, there's a reference to cell phone numbers, and that that may not be published. Yes. The top of the page should not be made available to the public. Thank you, my lady. That's the first, the first sentence. It's the first paragraph, in fact, my lady. Where is it? It's, the, it's the first sentence and the first paragraph. Thank you, my lady. Just read and see if that's the statement that you made. And if it's your signature, En of het hier aantekenen was. At the second page. Op de tweede blaadzij. Dat is mijn aantekenen. Het is mijn signature. And is that the statement that you made to the police? Is dat die verklaring wat hij aan die politie gemaakt had? Dat is die verklaring wat hij gemaakt had aan die politie. Dat is de statement dat hij made to the police, my lady. Can you, Mr. Baba, if you will, go to paragraph 3 and read paragraph 3? To the call. Wie is aan paragraaf drie? Eet naar die hoofd. My colleagues and I arrived at the house 286 Bush Willow at about 3:24. I phoned the householder, Mr. Pistorius, on the work cellular phone to inquire us to whether everything was in order. He said he's okay, but he was crying. He came down the steps carrying someone in his arms. He placed the person down on the floor. Mr. Stanner and his daughter also saw the incident. The important part is when you ask him, he said he is okay. Do you see that? The most important part is that you asked him, and he said he is okay. See you in the next video. I see you in the next video, my lady. I see this part, my ladies. When you found him, was your phone on speakerphone? To you, my beloved, was he phone on speakerphone? Near my lady. No, my lady. Thank you, my lady. I have no further questions to this witness. Thank you very much. Yes, Mr. Nell. May it please the court, Mr. Baba. Was that the only statement you made to the police, or did you make one later? Near Baba, did you just have to tell what you and the police have made, or is there another to tell what you have made later? Stadium made. I get met meneer van van Aert een statement afgegeven. My lady also made a statement to Mr. Van Aert. And 
That was after the incident. En dat was na die voorval. Ja, my lady. Here's my lady. You said that you made a statement to the police that's now on the 14th. You said something about being on night duty and so forth. What did you want to say? Die officier dat die wel een verklaring op die 14e van februari gemaakt had en niet iets van nachtskof gepraat. Wat wil je die officier? Die edele, die moet weten als praat van tijd. My lady, God must be in mind that we are speaking in terms of time. Hoe laat was het? Je neer die midden. It was one o'clock during the day. En ik was bij hem nog hier. En dat was very tired, my lady. Dus hoe kom ik ze in nachtskof? Hence the fact I refer to night shift. Lady, my dear court, I intend to prove a previous consistent statement based on the fact that the first statement was proved and that the allegations were that this is a wrong version and a lie and a recent fabrication or a fabrication. I never foresaw the possibility of having to prove the second statement. I kindly need time just to make copies. I haven't, I don't have a vote. I can assist the state, we'll give him copies of the second statement, but may I get it clear, we don't make allegations of lies, my lady. The state has provided further particulars, binding further particulars, where he's absolutely in possession of all the statements at the time and confirmed a version that we put in. So I'm a bit surprised, but we'll hand him the, we'll assist him on the second statement a month later. I am much obliged. That is a good piece. Ja. Yes. At the bottom of the page, there's a signature. In the honor, that's the handtekening. That's right, my lady. That is correct, my lady. Whose signature is that? Which handtekening is that? It's my signature, my lady. Just turn the page, please. Trouwen. Page two, it's marked in the right-hand corner as two. Yeah. There's a signature at the bottom. On the rechter kant van die tweede blazing, at the left, two is marked. No, that's your handtekening there under. Whose signature is that? Which handtekening is that? Is my signature, my lady. And the third page. The third page. Is my handtekening. Is also my signature, my lady. My lady, may this be handed in as Exhibit T. We've got T one. Pardon? We've got T already. T was his first statement, my lady. May this be marked T one. Oh yes. Thank you very much. Mr. Barber, would you turn to page two, please? Meneer Baba, gaan alsjeblieft naar Blasi toe hier toe. Je ziet, er is een paragraaf marked voor. Kun je niet zien dat ze een paragraaf wat aan vier gemerkt is? Hier is het. Zie je dat? Ja. Hier is het. Would you read that until I stop you, please? Lees het alsjeblieft uit. Totdat die staatafvocaat die stop. Lees het uit. Hard op. Hij heeft niks gezegd voordat ik gezegd heb. Hallo meneer Oscar, is alles oké? Hij heeft gezegd security, everything is oké. En afgeleid. Ik heb gehoord dat hij 
ongeveer een minuut later het hy geskakel, maar nie gepraat. Oh, thank you, that, that is... Oh, thank you. Ready, I have nothing else for this witness. Thank you. Yes, Mr. May I ask one question on this statement? Yes. It's a phrase. Mr. Baba, one thing we know about your evidence on Friday. Mr. Baba, one thing we know about your evidence on Friday. Is that you were so shocked that you did not know in what manner Mr. Pistorius carried this deceased river down the stairs. Ik had gezegd, ik was nu geschokt, want ik had niet geweten in welke manier dat meneer Pistorius van Riva naar onder toe gedraaid is. Dat is recht hier. Dat is correct, my lady. You see, it is, and that is what I'm going to put to you. A subsequent statement was taken from you. And apart from that deviation on what was said, you... It's also in that statement in paragraph 5 that you could see even in what direction the deceased head was. It's paragraph 5. The head was on the on the side of the railings of the stair. My lady, so she may can on Friday had to say that I was so scared that I didn't stop to let Mr. Oscar Sattler drag. My lady, if the court can remember, in Friday I told the court that I was so shocked that I couldn't even see the clothing Mr. Pistorius was wearing. Mr. Pistorius afloated me. When he, when he came down with Riva. And as the date what I may be saying, Cray, I'm going to see what I'm going to say. The story is angetrek, it is now to that I, Mr. Stander, my gestuurd om the police and the ambulance to gaan bel. And the only time I realized um, what Mr. Pistorius was wearing was when Mr. Stander called me to go and summon the police as well as the paramedics. That's exactly the point that I'm making to you. Precies die punt wat meneer Ruani maakt volgens ons. To show to the court the value of the second statement, how it introduced evidence that on your own version you could not have told anyone. Ten opzichte van die vertaling wat u gemaakt had, dat u so geskok is dat u niemand kon zien. Eerle, soos ek het gesê, ek het gesien meneer Pistorius kom af. Maar lady, I informed the court. Maar ik was geschrikt, ik dat ik Mr. Pistorius ascending. Maar ik was zo shocked dat ik niet even zien Ik denk dat dat is waar die misverstand is in elke manier hoe is. And I think that is where the misunderstanding is between me and Mr. Roo. Thank you, my lady. I have no further. Mr. Nell? Uh, nothing further, my lady. Thank you very much, Mr. Baba, for your assistance. You may be excused. Thanks, my lady. May it please the court, my lady, learned assessors, I call Professor Gert Simon. Lady, it's perhaps opportune before the witness is sworn in to bring an application as far as the evidence of this witness is concerned. Unlike the other witnesses, my lady, it's not so much the visual and photographs of this particular witness. 
but more the content of his evidence. Uh, Milady, we have, before the trial started, approached the Deputy Judge President as far as the witness concerned, and our concern then was that nothing that he refers to in terms of photographs should be published anyway. But this goes further. Uh, Professor Simon himself spoke to me this morning. He would like to address the court to indicate that he has a ethical issue that he would want to raise about the evidence he's about to give. Milady, he will give evidence in graphic detail about the post-mortem on, on the deceased. Uh, it, uh, Milady, I will take the court's leave for the professor to speak for himself. I just indicate how I understand it. Uh, Milady, the, the professor uh, will give evidence and he feels that due to the explicit and graphic nature of the injuries and what he found that that should not be sent into the whole world world. It's not, uh, Milady, as I understand it, uh, <coughs> a question of press freedom or freedom of expression, but more as far as the respect and dignity of the body of the deceased is concerned, my lady, the rights of the family and friends of the deceased. Uh, my lady, I've had op opportunity to discuss this with uh, Mr. Ruby for this early this morning. They support this application by the state that um, this witness will give his evidence. My lady, as far as people in court is concerned, obviously we won't clear the court but that this not is audio of his evidence and or video. Video of his features is not a problem, but the audio of his evidence not be sent into the whole wide world, Milady, for everybody to hear. Uh, Milady, may I, with, with, with respect, I have been informed, may I just read here, yes, yes. that the media would like to make submissions in this regard. Uh, counsel on behalf of the media, so we will have to give them opportunity to address the court. May I, I apologise, my, my junior got all the all the notes from from the media. They have briefed counsel; he's on his way. I've alerted them this morning that we might bring this application. Uh, perhaps uh, we should wait for for, the, for them to be here before we allow the professor to address the court so that they can also yes. how, how much time do they need to, before they're here? Uh, they have not given me an indication. They said they informed me, my lady, that he's on his way. It's very difficult for me to... Lady, I, I may say for my penny worth that Mr. Nell in fact discussed it and that we fully support the application by, and the views by the Professor Simon and Mr. Nell. We, we don't believe that the public interest should be more important in this case than what we know the evidence would be. We, we just don't believe it should be on audio and my understanding of the court order by our judge president is that you retained a discretion and we believe that you should exercise that discretion but again the media person is not uh, the um, counsel for media is not present in court uh, but that, that's our views. Thank you. What do you suggest we do in the meantime while waiting? Milady, may, may I ask that we stand down? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I have another witness available. I will just have to make sure that the witness is ready. 
and that we perhaps carry on. Lady, but uh, in the nature of, of this case and the nature of the order given, um, I would really like to um, finalize the evidence of, of Professor Simon today. Uh, may we approach you uh, or through your clerk as far as the time frame is concerned and if we're ready to proceed, I'll do my utmost, my lady. Not to waste court time. We'll take the adjournment. The world's eyes and ears are on the Oscar Pistorius trial. Keep yours on Oscar Extra. Court has um, got, is back in session again. We're hearing this media application. Um, we anticipate now that an advocate has arrived who will argue this on behalf of the of the media. Let's join court in Pretoria. It's published in the media. The objections had been brought in terms of paragraph 5.11 of Judge President Mlambo's order handed down on 25 February 2014. Immediately after I granted the order, it became clear that there was some concern from the print media that my order had gone further than the order of Judge Mlambo in restricting the media. In bracket C, paragraph 5.10, in this regard, closed bracket. Hence, the meeting in my, in my chambers with counsel of all parties involved. Counsel for the print media submitted that the order of this court prohibiting the taking of still photographs of objecting witnesses, not only while the witnesses are giving evidence, but for the duration of the trial is unheard of. He based this submission on the fact that normally photographs of witnesses are taken and published without any restrictions once the witnesses have been excused by the court. And that may be so. However, we are here not dealing with a normal situation. We are dealing with a case that has attracted huge public and media interest. In my view, it is precisely because of this very reason that a cautious approach has to be adopted. Of course, the main question always is, what is in the public interest. The objecting witnesses have inter alia pointed out that their televised evidence may well cause them to be recognized by multitudes of people as, I quote, having given evidence in the Pistorius trial, close quote, and then having to deal with the public perceptions of that whilst attempting to lead normal lives. In my view, this applies to still photographs as well. There is no reason why the print media should be treated differently as being recognized on film or from a still photograph have the same effect. Before the trial began, the possibility of the objecting witnesses having to deal with the public perceptions as set out above may have seemed remote. However, since the trial began, it was brought to my attention that two of the witnesses had their integrity attacked in the social media after they had given evidence and after they had been photographed while leaving this court. These are witnesses who inter alia specifically stated in their written objections that they hold dear their inviolability 
of their private family lives. In the same way that this court has a duty to protect press freedom and freedom of expression, it also has a duty to respect the dignity and privacy of witnesses who have taken the trouble to come and give their evidence. This court also has a duty to protect those witnesses where it is possible to do so. If the protection offered by prohibiting filming or publishing of photographs while the witness is giving evidence is not adequate, then that protection must be reviewed and extended to cover a situation which was obviously not envisaged before this trial began. Junior counsel for the state stated that the duty of the state towards its witnesses does not end the minute the witnesses step out of the witness box. That duty co continues until the trial is over. She distinguished between what she referred to as private witnesses and public figures. <coughs> Excuse me. She suggested that the prohibition to filming and publishing of photographs of objecting private witnesses should be in place until the end of the trial. I agree with that suggestion as I am of the view that private witnesses are more vulnerable than public figures. I'm also of the view that it would be in the interest of justice to make this distinction clear in the order. Before I grant the order, I wish to thank all counsel in this matter including counsel representing the media for their cooperation and assistance. The order that I shall grant will clarify the order that I gave last week and also very, very slightly. In the result, this court's order of 4 March 2014 is varied to the following extent. One, in respect of an objecting witness who is a public figure, 1.1. The print media is prohibited from publishing any photographs of such a witness irrespective of the source of the photograph for the duration of that witness's evidence. 1.2, once an objecting witness who is a public figure has finished giving evidence and has been excused by this court, the ordinary rules applicable to the publication of photographs of witnesses in criminal trials apply namely that photographs of witnesses that have been lawfully obtained may be published in the print media. 1.3, the order in 1.2 above does not permit the publication of photographs of objecting witnesses which are taken while they are giving evidence. Paragraph 2, in respect of an objecting witness who is not a public figure, in brackets, a private witness, close bracket, 2.1, the print media is prohibited from publishing any photograph of such a witness, irrespective of the source of the photograph for the duration of the trial. Paragraph 3, this order incorporates an undertaking by, undertaken by the print media, which reads thus, 3.1, that the two pool cameras will remain stationary in court at all times, including during breaks when the court is not in session. 3.2, the pool cameras will at all times during court sessions and outside of court sessions respect the personal space of any person in court. 3.3, 3. 
the print media will delegate a candidate attorney from Willem de Klerk attorneys to be present in court every day to ensure that the poll cameras stick to the rules and to act as a point of contact person for complaints from either the state or the defense teams. The Oscar Pistorius trial. We've got all the angles covered. Oscar Extra. Oscar Extra. Everything from the opening statement to the final verdict. If you're just joining us, this is Oscar Extra broadcasting, streaming, I should say, on the websites of the four radio stations in the Prime Media Broadcasting Stable on EWN as well. And we have an adjournment at the moment. The state, Gerinel, stood up and he called his witness, Gert Simon, Professor Gert Simon, who's going to give a testimony on the post-mortem of Riva Steenkamp. And before he got into his questioning, and he invited uh, Professor Simon to address the court. The judge didn't uh, appear to require this, but the issue at issue at the moment is his testimony being broadcast because of the goriness of the detail, the shocking detail. Um, they, the, the state wasn't going to be putting up autopsy images and they want to cut the audio. Uh, I th- I'm find myself in agreement with that. Uh, Barry Rue for the, for the defense has said they agree as well, but the media is going to challenge this, um, and I'm not sure if it is. Is it multi-choice and prime media, the two parties that brought the successful application for this trial to be broadcast in the first place? I'm not uh, sure, but um, there is supposed to be something. Um, it's going to be graphic detail. It might be explicit detail. I see that there are many varied views on this. Robert Brand, who used to be with the um, business day i think he's saying well if it goes if it is important testimony then we need to have it other people saying well what about uh, the Stutt trial what about the marikana inquiry those trials had all the gory details uh, which were broadcast uh, but i think that this is different um what we're talking about neither the Stutt trial nor the marikana massacre were televised and broadcast in the same way that the oscar pistorius one uh, trial is what the application isn't about suppressing that so that nobody has access to it. It's saying that it shouldn't, the microphones and cameras should be turned off. But then the court runs in the normal course of events so that those who are present in court in any other situation when it comes to trials will be able to hear this evidence. It's not going to be heard in camera in any way. So it's not a suppression of this information that it's uh, in, in, in some way only defense counsel, prosecution, judge and assessors who get to hear this evidence. It will be disclosed in open court, not just in the court um, uh, uh, that is then broadcast. That seems to be the issue. The world's eyes and ears are on the Oscar Pistorius trial. Keep yours on Oscar Extra. Professor Simon and, and all his qualifications on record, but he is the pathologist that, that will be giving that will give evidence about the postmortem um, a bit later. Okay, uh, Professor, you've indicated that you have objection to the live streaming audio and visual of the evidence you're about to give. Could you perhaps indicate to court why? That is correct, my lady. Good morning, my lady. Good morning. First of all, let me apologize for the inconvenience which I may have caused and the uh, disruption of proceedings. Um, My lady, I am a healthcare practitioner, a medical doctor, and as such I am bound by uh, certain ethical rules uh, that guide my profession. 
and in fact there may even be statutory limitations in terms of uh, my conduct when it comes to some of these issues in terms of the Health Professions Act. So it is on that basis that I um, chose at the outset to indicate to the court that I would not be comfortable in the live or contemporaneous streaming of my evidence due to the very nature thereof. Um, I believe that there are fundamentally three good reasons, if I can call it that, why this should um, not happen. In other words, that there be live, unfiltered uh, streaming, so to speak. Number one, I think that the very personal nature of findings that are made at an autopsy examination as well as the very graphic details pertaining to some of the injuries and uh, wounds which may be described have the potential to compromise the dignity of the deceased and although she may not have rights in the technical sense I believe that it is my duty and our duty to protect or to to uh, preserve the dignity of the deceased as well. Number two, I believe that by such public and contemporaneous streaming of information of this nature, it is almost inevitable that we will impinge upon or harm the rights of remaining relatives and friends of the deceased. And number three, I think that it goes against the good morals of society for us to make information of this nature available in a manner where vulnerable or unsuspecting people out there, so to speak, may be exposed to information in a manner which could do harm. I speak of children, I speak of any person who may be vulnerable to this kind of information if they were not timelessly warned thereof. And so. I think in time such information could and probably would be made available but then hopefully it would have been filtered or paraphrased to some extent and people would be given the opportunity to um, disengage or not to listen there to if they so choose. Um, my lady, there are four fundamental principles of biomedical ethics which guide me as a medical practitioner. First of these is that I should do no harm. First, do no harm. Number two, always try to do good. Number three, respect for the autonomy of the patient or my client. I should do that which I believe the client wants or would have wanted or the patient would have wanted. And lastly would be the concept of distributive justice. So I submit that on the basis of these three good reasons and four biomedical ethical principles, I would object to the live contemporaneous streaming of this evidence, but I do accept that ultimately some of this testimony may be made public as long as it is done in a controlled and responsible manner. Thank you, my lady. I have, I have addressed the court, and uh, that's then our application, my lady. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Mr. Ferreira, on behalf of the media, would address you on certain other aspects. Yes, just. Before I ask you, Mr. Ferreira, Mr. Rue, anything? That's addressing you, my lady. Yes. My lady, I believe with respect that we should first hear Mr. Ferreira so that I'm given an opportunity to respond to his submissions in due course. Yes. As the court pleases. Thank you very much. Yes, Mr. Ferreira. My lady, I'm indebted to the court and to my colleagues for uh, adjourning in order to allow me to get here. 
um, I do appreciate it. Um, I submit that that adjournment was appropriate in the light of the fact that this is an extremely groundbreaking case uh, insofar as the issue of media access goes and it's important that these issues be carefully considered and uh, that the principles which are established here are principles which will guide other courts in future and so it's in, in that light that, that we make the submissions that I make on behalf of the broadcast media today. Milady, my clients accept at the outset uh, that this is an, 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 a highly unusual trial. There are firstly unprecedented levels of public and media attention to this trial and that renders it an unusual trial in many respects. We accept that there are legitimate concerns uh, about some of the contents of some of the evidence which may be led by the witness in issue and we accept that the role of the media is to inform and to educate the public and not to sensationalize uh, details which may be objectionable to the family of uh, the deceased and to other persons. And we, we accept all of that at the outset, lady. In light of that, the broadcast media has a particular proposal to make in order to deal with this objection. And that is this. this. Firstly, lady, uh, it has always been the position that no exhibits which are to be led by prosecution or defence are to be broadcast and that remains the position in respect of this witness so none of the photographs or any of the other exhibits which may be led by this witness would have been broadcast or will be broadcast no matter what this court orders insofar as this witness's evidence is concerned secondly milady the broadcast media propose that there, there be no live broadcast either of audio or of audiovisual images while this witness is giving evidence in other words, that the live feed from this court be cut for the duration of this witness's evidence. Rather than a live feed, we propose that the broadcast media be permitted to record the evidence, and after the evidence has been led, that a summarized version of this witness's evidence, to the extent that any of that evidence may permissibly be broadcast, be compiled by the broadcast media, and they're happy to do so uh, in cooperation with the witness himself, in cooperation with the uh, legal teams for the defense and the prosecution, in order to ensure, and, and even with your ladyship, should your ladyship be so inclined, uh, to ensure that none of the evidence which is ultimately broadcast at a later stage uh, is of an, such a nature that it, uh, it, it, it raises the issues of sensitivity that the witness has raised. Uh, and of course the broadcast media would subject themselves to the consent of the parties on that score. So Milady, uh, it may be at the end of that process that there's very little uh, of this witness's evidence which may permissibly be broadcast. It may only be, for example, uh, that part of his evidence where he introduces his credentials as an expert witness and the rest may be objectionable and therefore cannot be broadcast on any basis. But it may be that there are some aspects of the evidence, once it has been led, which are uh, not objectionable, do not raise these sensitivities, and that that, witness, uh, that that evidence could permissibly be broadcast after the fact in the summarized version. So, uh, Milady, we submit on behalf of the media that that approach accommodates all of the concerns which have been raised by the witness. It accommodates any possibility of infringement of dignity of the deceased or of any kind of trial-related prejudice that may accrue as a result of the broadcast. And moreover, it has the advantage of being a far less restrictive approach 
insofar as the media's right to freedom of expression is concerned and insofar as the principle of open justice is concerned. Because it's an approach which says we do not ban in advance everything that this witness might say because we don't know what he might say. It might be that some of his evidence is perfectly benign, doesn't raise any concern at all. If so, there's no good reason to limit the rights of freedom of expression or the principle of open justice insofar as that evidence is concerned. But it, it appropriately strikes the balance between the sensitivities which have been raised by the witness and those important principles of freedom of expression and the principle of open justice. So, Milady, we submit that that is a, a sensible compromise proposal from the broadcast media. It's a proposal which properly balances the very real and important uh, uh, elements of access to this trial by the public at large with the sensitivities which have been raised. And we submit that that is an approach which, which this court would be well within its, its rights to order in its discretion. Those are our submissions. Thank you very much. May it please my lady and learned assessors, what Mr. Ferreira in fact does is he says, well there's a way in which we can counter that which may prove harmful in the circumstances. However, my lady, what he does say is there's a way for us to deal with this by compiling that which we will find to be appropriate in the circumstances with reference to what the public should hear or see and what they shouldn't hear and shouldn't see. But he doesn't propose how we'll arrive at that solution. Is he going to suggest that that agreement be reached between the parties involved, including himself? Or does he say that we will seek your ladyship's guidance in that regard and that an order be made whether that is in fact appropriate if and when the parties have arrived at an agreement as to what should be broadcast? We say, we say this with respect, and I find support for my submission having heard the evidence of Professor Simon. What about the dignity of the deceased? What about the dignity of the deceased's family? There is no reference to that by Mr. Ferreira, save and accept the solution that he proposes, which I say is not a solution, because ultimately we don't know how that will be sanctioned before you. I find support for my submission at paragraph 7 of His Lordship Justice President Mlambu's order, and it reads as follows. Notwithstanding the above, the presiding judge shall retain a discretion to direct that, in the event that it becomes apparent that the presence of the cameras or the recording and or transmitting and or broadcasting is impeding a particular witness's right to privacy, dignity, and or the accused's right to a fair trial. Multi-choice and prime media will be directed to cease recording and or transmitting and or broadcasting the testimony. My lady, it's just as well that I find support for my submission in the evidence of Professor Simon who aptly demonstrates one thing that perhaps we shouldn't have or we haven't taken into account appropriately and that is the rights and dignity of the deceased and her family. Now we've also heard from Professor Simon that the evidence that he's about to give 
will in much detail deal with the graphic nature of the injuries and or the wounds sustained by the deceased. What was the objective sought to be achieved by the application by the media for the broadcasting of these proceedings? I can surmise that the primary argument must have been to allow for freedom of expression. But certainly encapsulated in that right must also be a duty for the courts to educate the body politic. And by giving an appropriate order in these circumstances will certainly achieve that objective of educating the public at large as to the conduct of these proceedings. It is indeed so, my lady, that the order goes further and it makes it very apparent, albeit not with reference to the specific expert evidence of Professor Simon, but certain other witnesses who may wish to object to the televising of their evidence, whether video or audio, and that those objections should be taken into account. I submit with respect that the evidence of Professor Simon must make it apparent that there is good reason why he makes the objection that he does. It is to protect that dignity when he refers to his patient ultimately, her dignity. We cannot simply choose to ignore the dignity of the deceased and her family by allowing the graphic nature of that proposed evidence to be broadcast without limitation. I make the submission without limitation and I come back to my very earlier submission. How does one police that and how do you enforce it without an appropriate sanction from the court? We would be lost. There was a suggestion made that that agreement be reached by mutual consent between the parties and that your ladyship then be approached in chambers. I'm opposed to that approach because that's not what these proceedings are about. We are here to deal with matters as they fall before you. And that is the reason why I say with respect, my lady, if one has regard to what Professor Simon has already testified about, it can hardly be in the public interest to have this kind of evidence broadcast unless there is a meaningful solution found to the problem, which there isn't at present. Then I submit that at this point in time, the objection by Professor Simon should enjoy preference and that any form of broadcast of his evidence, particularly by virtue of what he has stated, the nature of the evidence will be not be broadcast. My lady, those are my submissions on behalf of my client. There is, of course, one particular aspect, and that is when Mr. Ferreira addressed you, he didn't address you insofar as other media is concerned. Now, I'm certainly no expert in the field, but I think, for instance, of Twitter. What are we going to do about that kind of media? There is no solution proposed at present, and unless there is a solution before you, I believe that we should <coughs> certainly uphold the objection raised by Professor Simon. As your ladyship, please. Thank you. Yes, Mr. Nell. Well, there's a good milady, says, it seems that we're all in agreement, milady, that 
the court will prohibit broadcasting of this evidence, real-time broadcasting. I, I don't think that is an issue. Um, and our argument is that it's to protect the integrity of the deceased, the rights of family and friends, and as uh, the professor testified, unsuspecting members of society. Uh, lady, again, I have to agree with Mr. Aldridge in that the compromise suggested by Mr. Ferreira it's just very difficult to think how that will work in practice, how that is practic practically viable. Uh, maybe just say from the outset, this is not an application to have the evidence heard in camera. Not at all. Uh, we don't want the court cleared. We don't want uh, reporters removed from court. We don't say that reporters are not allowed to report on the evidence of the witness. That's not what we say. That would be too wide. What we're saying is that the professor's evidence should not be broadcast live. The professor is comfortable and, and in his evidence he indicated that if there's paraphrasing of his evidence or reporting, the responsibility and decision to report on it lies with the journalist media houses and not with the, with, um, the witness itself. Lady, so as far as the practicality is, is concerned of enforcing a compromise, lady, if there's an order that nothing will be published, if there's a recording or a package uh, made up and presented to uh, the parties involved and the witness, and there's no objection whatsoever. I think that could be fair. But I don't foresee it, my lady. Uh, in term, I, I know what this witness evidence will be, and, and so does the defence. Uh, where I have to agree with Mr. Ferreira, it might be that it's when this witness indicates his profession, his experience, and and that kind of evidence. But if that is enough, well, lady, that's enough. So if there is a compromise order, lady, I would respectfully suggest that there will be no broadcasting until the court, after having heard the parties, allows the broadcasting. If there is a package, and the package is made available to all the parties, and we indicate to court that, that we satisfy, that only then uh, should it be allowed if there's a compromise. Well, who would uh, compile this package? That, that will be the media. That will be the media. They'll compile it. They will indicate that this is our compromise. We would like this to be broadcast. Not not now, uh, delayed. A delayed broadcast. This is what we would like to broadcast. Um, I foresee a possibility that we'll argue again. But, my lady, just to get and, and forgive me, just to get the show on the road, lady, that we should perhaps have, if there's a compromise, strict conditions to the compromise. And we'll be happy with that. Our first argument is no broadcast whatsoever. There are media in court. They will report on it. They'll paraphrase it. 
But, my lady, where I have to agree with Mr. Aldrich is also multimedia. We, we have Twitter, my lady. Twitter is multimedia where the verbatim as the professor will testify will be broadcast out in, in the in oak. That if we prohibit radio and television from carrying the, the evidence of this professor that it, it should be fair to all across all media and that would include And what about print, print media? Uh, would print that media, include print lady, media as well? Print media, paraphrase, they allow to report on it. Uh, we, don't, we, we don't see that we can stop that, lady. Um, that the print media would summarize and, and, and the evidence and that the professor, what he doesn't want, my lady, with the utmost respect, is that uh, how, 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 do we know, how do we know the print media would summarize? My lady, we have to... Um, we have, we have to, to believe that they're responsible to do that. Our main argument still remains that, that nothing should be published. That's our main argument. If there's a compromise, mm -hmm. my lady, that the compromise should be dealt in a, in a very strict manner. But lady, we haven't, when we brought this application, indicated that we would want no uh, reporting on this witness's evidence. We think that, that even, even we would say that that is too wide. <coughs> Just to, to, to seek an, uh, an order that there will be no reporting on this witness's evidence. Uh, responsible reporting, my lady, that is filtered, paraphrased, summarized, and not the words of, of our witness, we, we don't have a problem with. Except, my lady, real-time broadcasting, we do. But we, we're in such a difficult situation because we don't, we don't only have this court, we also have an overflow court. So everything that happens here, my lady, uh, simultaneously happen in the, in the court next door. So the order will also have to deal with what is allowed in the overflow court. Well, the overflow court, as far as I'm concerned, is an extension, extension. of this court. Yes. But, uh, what so whatever is applicable in this court Indeed. is also applicable in the overflow. Indeed, my lady. <coughs> as, as long as we deal with that. Is there anything else that the court would want me to address, address it on? <coughs> Let's just hear Mr. Ferreira. Thank you very much, Mr. Nell. My lady, just to clarify on the practicalities point which has been raised, uh, we don't anticipate any great difficulty insofar as practicality concern is concerned. The way it would work is the, uh, the broadcast media would prepare an attenuated package which would be what they, their editors considered to be the permissible evidence that could be broadcast in the light of the objections which have been raised. Make that package available to both defense and prosecution. And if the defense or prosecution have any objections, they simply have to relay those to the broadcast media and those, those portions will be struck out too. It's a so very simple I, I process. I just want to get no this straight. In other words, um, Professor Seyman will, will give evidence but that evidence will not be broadcast. Yes. Only later will the, the, the media sit down and say, this is what we want broadcast. Yes. And the state, as well as the defense, will look at it 
and say, well, we don't agree or we do agree. Yes. Is that what you suggest? Exactly. Exactly that. It, probably tonight the editors will sit and they will they will compile a, a um, summarised version of what the evidence of what the evidence has been, provide that to uh, state and defence, and if there's any objections, the, we don't anticipate any further court applications on this evidence, milady. We will simply abide by any objections which are made in respect of particular evidence, provided they're reasonable. Of course, we, we wouldn't accept a, an objection to um, the professor explaining that he is a professor or that he was he was. Um, qualified at such and such university. There could be no basis for limiting the broadcast of that kind of evidence. But provided there's uh, some basis for objecting, the broadcast media would simply cut that out of what is to be broadcast, and nothing would be broadcast until that consent is obtained. So it's all a, it's all a, a post hoc uh, mechanism. Um, and what about the other media? Milady, I must point out I'm in a slightly difficult position because I'm briefed only on behalf of the broadcast media today. But I may, I may make submissions on behalf of the other journalists who are here in court at the level of law perhaps, which simply this, milady, as I understand it, there hasn't been an application that this evidence be heard in camera. Yes. Our criminal law provides for very strictly defined circumstances where evidence may be heard in camera. It's cases of uh, child victims, uh, victims of sexual assault, those kinds of cases. Also, my submission at the level of law would be that if your ladyship were to give an order which were, for example, to clear the court of media or to prohibit uh, certain kinds of reporting by the print media or the electronic media uh, in these circumstances, that would be utterly unprecedented. It would be a severe restriction of the rights of freedom of expression and the principle of open justice. And it would mean in effect that this aspect of this trial would be heard entirely in secret and with no access by any member of the public effectively to what is being said uh, in respect of this evidence. And I submit, Milady. No, I, I, I hear you. I just want to know what you think the solution might be. Milady, in my submission, the solution is that. Uh, the compromise that I've put forward insofar as live broadcast is concerned, so there'll be no live broadcasting. Insofar as the print media is concerned, uh, newspapers are entitled to report on this as they are in respect of any other evidence in any other criminal trial. Mm -hmm. And, milady, my submission would be that insofar as tweeting from the courtroom goes, that is an issue for your ladyship's discretion, but I don't believe that there's been any sufficient basis put up for your ladyship to restrict uh, the use of Twitter from the courtroom. Uh, as yet. But Milady, if I could say one thing on behalf of all of the media clients uh, who I've acted for in the past week or so, it, it is absolutely imperative that whatever your ladyship orders, it be done in the clearest possible terms, so that journalists know if they are not permitted to be live tweeting from this courtroom or from the overflow courtroom, that they are not permitted to do so or what they are permitted to do, milady, exactly the parameters of what your, your order is, should be utterly clear to them. Because I don't want to be standing before your ladyship again and, and rushing through the traffic to Pretoria tomorrow morning uh, to try and answer a contempt of court application because members of the media haven't understood exactly what is required of them in terms of your ladyship's order. So I, I do make that request in addition to the legal submissions which I've made. Thank you.
Thank you. Milady, just finally, uh, my learned friend for the accused um, has submitted that the media has had no regard for or has not mentioned the dignity of the deceased. That's, that could not be further from the truth. It is exactly because of the broadcast media's concern that the dignity of the deceased be protected, that it has proposed this balancing mechanism which will allow uh, for a summarized version of evidence which does not impact on the deceased's dignity or the sensitivities of her family, uh, while at the same time minimally limiting freedom of expression. So, Milady, the suggestion that, that the dignity of the deceased is far from the broadcast media's mind um, is with respect simply not correct. Thank you. Yes, any reply from the defence side? My lady, if I may be permitted a final word, and I say this with respect, it permits of no doubt whatsoever if regard is had to what Mr. Ferreira has submitted would happen when a deadlock is reached in circumstances where there is no consensus between the parties, he doesn't offer a solution to that problem yet again. So let's assume for one moment that there is a deadlock and the parties cannot agree as to what particular content should be broadcasted and what should not because we're all individuals we all think differently what if it is the case for the accused or perhaps even the state that they find that certain content which the media houses find appropriate to broadcast is not in their view appropriate what do we then do embark upon further litigation to determine whether in fact that broadcasting may take place or not. So I reiterate, whilst he's had a second bite at the cherry, he certainly hasn't offered a solution to that problem. And of course, reality must dictate that that problem certainly may arise in circumstances where the defense or the prosecution may be of the view that certain content should not be broadcast and the media houses are not in agreement then there is a deadlock and there is no solution to that deadlock I submit with respect my lady that there is a solution to this problem and that is simply an order as sought by Professor Simon that his evidence not be broadcast if it is indeed what Mr. Ferreira wants to do at a later stage is to seek permission for that broadcast to take place, then he must take it further. Because we don't want a further occurrence where these proceedings are interrupted and delayed. That certainly is not in the interests of justice. As my lady pleases. Thank you very much. My lady, just, just a final word of clarification. I'm sorry, I, I must not have been clear. but. If there is a deadlock, there will be no broadcast. That is as simple as that. What the, what the broadcast media tender is that if there is an objection from either one of the prosecution or the defense to any particular aspect of evidence, that evidence will be cut from what is ultimately to be broadcast. So there's no, there's no possibility for a deadlock. It in effect gives a veto to the uh, prosecution and to the defense in respect of the content of that summarized version. So there's no, there's no deadlock or, or stalemate contemplated. Thank you. You don't want to say anything else, Mr. Nick? Nothing else, thank you. Thank you.
Milady, if I may make a final submission that may be of assistance to the court. Your ladyship need not determine this aspect on your on your ladyship's feet, as it were, because uh, I, I wasn't going to do that. Yes, because the because of the of the tender to delay, your ladyship can give an order overnight or uh, tomorrow, which will allow there, there'll be no broadcast of the evidence which is currently to be led. So there's no need to give an order, uh, a final order immediately. Yes. Do I understand that as of now I can give the order that there'll be no, there shall be no broadcast of the evidence of Mrs. Simon? That, that's correct, Malin. I can do that. That is correct. No that live broadcast of either audio or television. Yes. That applies to Twitter. I hope I'm making that very clear. And then I'll give my... my my f well, it is final, but I'll think about the other portion of your of of your argument and give my ruling tomorrow morning. As court please. Thank you very much. As court please.